This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right. Well, how's everybody doing tonight? Everybody good? There's more folks over here than there are over here. Does that mean I'm supposed to move my podium over there, my pulpit over there? I don't know. You guys are funny. Okay, well, let's open up with prayer. How's about that? That good stuff? Father, we come before you tonight in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we just thank you for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord, that as we break open this word tonight, break bread together over the word of God, Father, that we're going to learn, we're going to grow, our hearts are going to change, our attitudes are going to change, our very lives are going to change. Father, not only for us, but for our loved ones, our families, and our friends. And, Lord, we just give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of tonight's message is, How to Not Miss Out on the Rapture. Does everybody know what the rapture is? Does anybody not know what the rapture is? You know what? When I was about, um, gee, I don't know how old I was. About 1976, I started hearing about uh, Jesus coming again, and I started hearing about this word, the rapture. And, you know, I grew up in a kind of denominational church, and they didn't talk about this stuff. So I remember I went to the pastor. I sang in the choir at this denominational church in this little town in Indiana. And I went to the pastor, and I said, uh, will you teach on Jesus coming again and, and the rapture? And he and and they said, oh, we don't believe in that. And I thought, oh. But, you know, that didn't settle right with my heart. didn't settle right with my spirit. And I thought, I've got to know about this. And so uh just so happens where I lived, I turned on the Christian radio, and it was like an AM station that came out of Indianapolis. And I lived maybe 40 miles from Indianapolis or more. And I would turn that radio, the Christian radio station on. It just so happens that at that time everybody was preaching about the rapture and, and the second coming of Christ and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so that was really neat. The Lord the Lord showed me that, yes, this is so, this is real. And, I, and I, was really, I was really excited about that. There's a difference between the rapture and the second coming. Did you know that? Okay, some of you may not. Uh, the rapture is when um, Jesus takes, you know, the believers out of here. You know, there's all kinds of theories. There's pre-trib pre-tribulations, mid-tribulations, and some folks think we're going through the whole thing. But I'm kind of pre-trib, so, you know, if you guys want to hang around and be trib, that's your business, but I'm out of here. And uh, <laughs> and then the second coming of Christ is when Jesus comes again physically to the earth. So anyway, there's two different things here. But we don't want anybody to miss the rapture, right? We want everybody to be ready. Has anybody ever uh, seen the Left Behind movies? Anybody ever seen those? Yeah. If you haven't seen those, you need to get a hold of them and uh, and watch them because it kind of jerks the reality right out of you, you know. So anyway, um, you know, sometimes in life people get tired of waiting for things. You ever gotten tired of waiting for something? You know, sometimes you kind of get weary of it. And sometimes in life people actually quit. They quit waiting for what they've been waiting for. They quit uh, believing for what they've been believing for. They quit standing on the word. A lot of people just quit Jesus altogether and backslide. 
which really isn't a good thing to do ever, but especially not now in the end times. We do not want to be backsliders in this time especially. Um, I always like what Pastor Sample said. He said, quitters never win. Think about that. People that quit never win. Think about if, if somebody's running a, a long-distance race. They're just about to the finish line, and they quit. Did they win the race? No, they didn't win the race because they quit right before they crossed the, the finish line. So quitters never win, and winners never quit. So we got to keep on keeping on. That's one of Pastor's Nuggets, you know, in those cool little books that I did of Pastor's Nuggets. That's one of his nuggets, and I've always remembered that. Some pe- Sometimes people know what they need to do to be prepared for one thing or another, and some of them, even though they know what to do, they don't do it. So why do you think that some people don't do what they're supposed to be doing even though they know what to do? Have any ideas on that? Why would somebody not do what they knew to do? Laziness. Thank you. That's exactly the word, word I had written on my notes. Thank you, Susan, for the feedback. I'm kind of a feedback person, so you got to talk to me. <laughs> so, yeah, laziness. Sometimes people are lazy, and so they just kind of give up. I want to, uh, Tomorrow night is servant leaders. We've already talked about that. I'm going to be doing a little lesson on procrastination which kind of goes along with tonight's message on, on what I'm going to be teaching you on. But if you have a problem with procrastination, or even if you don't, you need to be there. Um, 6.30 to 7.30 in Victory, Child Care for 5 and under. The rest of the kids can come and sit in on the on the message. But I'm going to give you some tips on uh, how you can overcome being a procrastinator, how you can do better at your time management. You know, I, I, I like time management because I hate wasting time, but yet so many people waste time. And uh, I'm going to show you how to not waste time so you're going to really like it. You know, sometimes people get bored with doing the same things over and over and over again, even though doing the same things over and over again brings results in their life. Like, say, for example, going to church all the time. You know, sometimes you may hear the same type of a message again and again and again. But you know what? We need to hear it again and again and again and again because Romans 10:17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we have to constantly be hearing, right? You know, sometimes our faith will get low in an area. Sometimes if you're studying, for example, if you're studying uh, the, the word on healing, your, your healing faith may be way up there. But then if you quit studying that and you start studying maybe finances, well, maybe you're going to start to prosper, but your healing goes down the tubes because your faith in healing got low. So it's a good idea to have a steady diet when you're, when you're studying your word that you, you read a little bit about healing today, or read a little bit about prosperity, a little bit about peace, a little bit about love and how we're supposed to love one another. You know, just kind of have a balanced diet, you know, in the word. We talk about that with our, with our natural eating, but it, the same thing is so with with uh, what we're what we're eating when it comes to the Word of God, Amen. So we have to keep doing the same things over and over and over again. I want you to open up your Bibles to Matthew 24 tonight. Uh, I'm in the New King James Version. Yay, raw Matthew. Yes, Matthew 24. We're going to begin in verse 45. Hallelujah! And we're going to read down through through verse 51. So listen to this. Who then 
Who? Wow. Who? Who then is a faithful and wise servant? You know, stop and think about that. Are you a faithful and wise servant? You know, that's a kind of self-examination time. Are you faithful? Are you wise? Whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. You know, when Jesus comes back, is he going to find us doing? Is he going to find us being doers or are we going to be sitting in the corner sucking our thumb, you know, full of despair, dismay and all the other kind of garbage? Are we going to be are we going to be strong and victorious for him? Are we going to keep on keeping on? Are we going to serve him? Are we going to do what he's called us to do? Or are we going to just give up and quit? It says, blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing, being a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. Wow. Got a promotion. Got a promotion because he was faithful. Got a promotion because he wasn't lazy. Got a promotion because he was being a doer. Amen. Verse 48. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming. Whoa. And begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. Sounds like a backslider to me, doesn't it, you? The master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him. And at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hmm. That's not a very happy verse, is it? Well, it's happy if if you're one of those people that keeps on keeping on and keeps on serving God and doesn't quit and doesn't give up and isn't in church one week and out out of church and in the world the next week. You know, you've got to be constantly consistent and consistently constant in your walk with the Lord if you're going to have any victory at all, if you're going to have any joy at all, if you're going to have any happiness at all, if you're going to gain those things that you're believing God for in this life, you have to be consistent and you have to be faithful and you have to keep on keeping on. You know, what breaks my heart as a pastor is, you know, I see people come into the church, you know, their lives are a mess. They come in and they get born again. They start coming to church. You know, you see them every time the doors are open and your heart gets so glad and they start to grow and they start to get victory in their life. Then all of a sudden they miss a service here. And then they'll miss a service there. And then all of a sudden you don't see them for one, two, three, four services. And I already know what's happened to them. You know, you can reach, a lot of people you can reach out to, but the sad part of it is some people you just can't salvage. And they go back to the world, and I don't know what they think that the world has to offer them because they were, they were defeated, they were broken when they came into this place. They got, they got turned around, their lives got turned around, and then they walked right back out, back into that mess again. This is the third time this week I've heard this scripture about the dog returning to its vomit. Boy, oh boy. That's a you know, that's one of those scriptures you have, you never hear, you know. That's the third time this week, you know, that scripture's come come about a dog returning to its vomit. Why would why would somebody want to go back to that life of defeat? You know, I don't get it. 
Maybe they get maybe they get discouraged in their walk with the Lord. But I'm going to tell you something. You get discouraged. The thing to do is not to back off. The thing to do is to press in. You know, if you're discouraged, you just you just jump on Jesus's lap and you just hug hug him, hug him, hug him, and praise him, praise him, praise him, and get in his word and you force feed yourself. You know, sometimes if people are sick in the hospital, they give them things in their veins. You know, intravenous feeding or whatever. Well, sometimes you have to force feed yourself the word of God, whether you feel like it or not. Sometimes you have to praise the Lord whether you feel like it or not. It's called the sacrifice of praise. And especially when you don't feel like it is when, honey, you need to dance and cut a rug. You know what I mean? Because who's bigger, God or the devil? Jesus is a whole lot bigger than the dumb old devil who tries to pull stuff our way. But, hey, I'm not falling for him, you know. He's not going to defeat me. I just refuse. No way. Okay. Now. Jump on down here to, to Matthew 25, and we'll get to the, the meat of the message today. Verse 1 says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Well, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is talking about, you know, G- uh, Jesus coming back again. It's talking about ten believers, right? Talking about ten believers. Uh, you know, waiting for the, for the bridegroom or Jesus. Two, verse two. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. You know, which camp do you want to be in? Do you want to be in with the wise five or do you want to be in with the foolish five? You know, everything, yeah, everything in life we have a choice. You know, the word tells us, you know, I set before you death and life, blessings and cursing, and, and God gives us the answer. It's like taking a test. He says, Choose life. You know, I place before you this day. You know, choose life. Choose what's right. So anyway, you know, we've got these these ten people. Five of them are wise. Five of them are not wise. It's a choice. There's always a choice. But the choice is ours, and we've got to make it on our own. Verse 3, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Now, how good is it going to be if you're out in the dark and you've got a a kerosene lamp or something like that and you don't have any oil? It's not going to light anything up, is it? It's still going to be dark, right? Everything's still going to be dark. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was, was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. So I asked Pastor, I said, what do you think that means about they all slumbered and slept? And he says, well, people, you know, everybody lives their lives day in, day out. We have certain things that we do. You know, people, a lot of people get up, they go to work. A lot of people get up, they get their children ready for school. I mean, a lot of things are just ho-hum, day in, day out, you do the same thing. And so, um, you know, sometimes, you know, we forget about we forget about the rapture. We forget about Jesus coming. But more and more, we're reminded that these are the last days. How many of you ever watch the news and you know, whoa, this is fulfilling prophecy? Whoa, whoa. And, you know, I feel so blessed because I think, you know, the world's out there beating their heads against the walls because they don't know what's going on. And if you're a believer and you've read your Bible at all, you know exactly what's going on. You know exactly what's going on. And it's so cool because you think, man, they don't have a clue. They're, they're out there. They don't know what they're doing, but we know what's going on. We know what's going on with Israel. 
We know what's going on with all this stuff. It's like we got inside the book information. You know, we got inside the word information. He's given us all this stuff so that we don't have to be out in the dark. We know what's going on. But then why, if we know what's going on, do like these these ten people here, five of them kind of just kind of, eh, get caught up in their in their day-to-day life and forget about Jesus. You know, maybe they maybe that you know, I don't I don't get it. I guess I'm just the kind of person that doesn't get it. I have so much love for the Lord number 1. Number 2, I have so much fear of God, not in a bad way, but just the reverence of the Lord and his majesty and his magnitude. That I, there's no way in, in the world that I want to turn my back on him and walk away. You know, not, not thinking about staying home from a church service is disgusting to me. You know, sometimes, you know, people do have to, you know, stay out. But I'm telling you what, you know, you better have a super good reason. I mean, take it up with the Lord. You don't have to take it up with me. I mean, he's, you know, he'll take care of you and vice versa. But Why? You know, why would anybody want to stay home from church? What are you going to do if you stay home? Be like the people that go to the Walmart in their pajamas. You're going to hang out in your pajamas all the time. That is so disgusting to me, you know. You know, for, for God's sake, get dressed. You go, you know, if you're going to go somewhere, please get dressed. We don't want to see your pajamas or your fuzzy slippers. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Let's have some dignity and class about ourselves. That we at least get dressed if we're going to go to the store. So if you're one of those, you know, change your pathetic ways and quit going to the wherever you're going like that. But I can't, I, I don't know, it just doesn't compute with me. It does not compute with my brain why anybody wouldn't want to be in the precious house of the Lord every time the doors are open. You know, and I mean, you can stop and think about people in other nations that, man, they're hiding out, you know. Like think about uh, Liz and Dana Nile, you know, our missionaries that are missionaries to missionaries. You know, they recently did a whole bunch of stuff in Vietnam. You know, it's against the law to preach the gospel in Vietnam. They go into Nepal, and Nepal just really hammered down on anybody preaching the gospel over there. You know, you can get killed for doing stuff like that. But, you know, I I couldn't go up to Liz and, and Dana and say, you know what, why don't you just stop doing that? Why don't you stop going over to those those dangerous places where you could get killed for preaching the gospel? You know what? They would they would keep on keeping on, because they're doing what the Lord called us to do, and here we are in our little bar stove. You know, folks, we're not over in Vietnam. We're not over in the jungles. We're not over in. You know what I'm saying? We're here. We got it made in a way. We're blessed, but because we're blessed, that doesn't mean that we can just lay back and do nothing. And say, oh, God, just keep pouring it on, keep pouring it on, you know, and, and not go out there and, and win a lost and dying world for the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one. Number two is to stay right with God ourselves. You know, I mean, I, I get, you know, like I said, it breaks my heart when I see people come in here, get the victory. Maybe it's because they get the victory and they think, well, I don't need God anymore. And they walk back out the door. But the problem is they're falling into the same pit that they came out of. And it's and it's and it's so sad and it's so pathetic. And you talk to them, 
And, you know, sometimes they just, most of the time, you can't get them back in. I guess they've kind of made up their mind that they're out there and that's where they're going to stay. But, you know, they're going to be sorry about that one day. Amen. Okay, here we are back at Matthew 25. Whoa, we're talking about the ten virgins, right? Verse 6, and at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. You know, so what's so significant about midnight? You know, they've waited, they've waited, they've waited. Just just take a day, for example. You know, well, maybe they thought he was going to come by breakfast, you know. Maybe they thought he was going to come by. New- well, surely he'll be here for lunchtime, you know. Well, maybe he'll be here for supper. Then you give up and go to bed. And then he comes at midnight. Interesting, huh? Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there shall not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell, go to the store, and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. The door was shut. Very interesting that all of a sudden the door is shut. You know, I've I've known people before that we knew this one lady in Indiana, and uh, she was she was part of our staff out there, and she was she was on fire for the Lord. But she used to have all the all of her she had a bunch of sisters, and they would all come over to her house. They would all come over to her house. And have coffee with her. And then her other friends would come. And they would expect her to tell them how to get victory in their life and all this kind of stuff. But they would never darken the door of the church. And it got to the point where she was just kind of worn out. She was worn out and wearied because they just kept coming and coming and coming. And I said to her one day, I said, why don't you stop doing that? Tell them. If they want what you've got, they need to go where you're getting it. And, you know, she quit having coffee with all those women that were wearing her out. But you know what? None of them ever would come and get what she had, where she got it. You know, sometimes people will come up to you and they'll say, Man, there's something about you. And now you tell them about Jesus. And then, and then they'll say, Yeah, but where can I go and find something like that? And then you tell them about church. You know, when they come to church, how many, man, I was at the Walmart today. Irma, I was at the Walmart. There's a cool little greeter guy there. You know, he greets you when you're coming in, Brian. He greets you when you're coming in, and then he checks your little tag when you're going out. So um, I go up on on my way out of the store, and I said, I I bet you want to look at my receipt, don't you? And he said, yes. And I stood there, and I thought, I said, you know what? I spoke up. I said, do you have a church home? And he said, well, actually I do. I go in Apple Valley, but I haven't been for a long time. I said, you know what? You need to get back in there. I said, I was going to invite you to my church, but since you have a home church, you need to get back in there. He says, well, I'm in Barstow five days a week. Maybe I'll come. And I said, now you can talk to him, Irma. I said, I said, yeah, we're right across the street from the drive-in. You know, a lot of people out of town, they don't know where the drive-in is. But I told him about it, and I had forgotten my purse, so I had pastor's debit card in my pocket. 
And I said, next time I come in here, I'll give you a card because he hasn't been going anywhere. I said, you know what? you got a whole lot of joy. He said, oh, I love the Lord. I said, it's very obvious that you love the Lord. It's very obvious that you love the Lord. So, you know, when we're out in the highways and the byways, we're supposed to spread this stuff around. You know, it's kind of like kind of like scattering seeds, you know, feeding the birds or whatever, you know, feeding the chickens or whatever. You know, you're scattering all this Jesus stuff all over the place. And some of it's going to take hold in some of these people and they're going to and they're going to be able to, you know, get their thing. You know what? Um, <laughs> I'm going to back up to verse three a minute. Uh, it talks about here. I'm going to read this verse again. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. You know, Pastor and I watch a lot of cowboy shows at night because it's the way I like to relax. I can just sit down and watch an old cowboy movie or watch Gunsmoke or Cheyenne or whoever's on, you know. I love cowboy shows. You know why I love cowboy shows? Because I like horses. And so I like to watch the the different horses and stuff. I've been that way since I was a kid. But Pastor and I have noticed... That you get this cowboy or cowboys and they're out in the desert and they run out of water and they throw their canteen away. And I thought, that is the stupidest thing in the world to do. And they do it in about every cowboy show. You, you guys start watching cowboy shows and watch how they throw their canteens away. How dumb is that? What's going to happen when they come upon the brook? You know what I mean? What are they going to What are they? How are they going to fill up their canteens? They dump their canteen away. Well, it's the same thing with these these people in verse 3. You know. They got this lamp, but it's doing them no good because they didn't put any oil in it. It's like the guy who tossed his canteen away. He can't put any water in it because he threw it away just because it got empty. Well, isn't that stupid? You know, and now that we're dignified people that have seen movies forever and shows forever, you know, we're a little more mature in what we watch. We catch all kinds of things when we're watching when we're watching TV. Look what they did. They made a boo-boo. They said something they shouldn't have said. That was a blip. That was a blooper, you know, but they didn't get rid of it. So anyway, whatever, that was that was all for free. The whole thing was for free. The whole thing. The the entire thing was for free. So, you know what, back to back to our friend who had all the friends that came over and were were uh, you know, just soaking the very life out of her all the time, but they wouldn't go and uh do anything about it for themselves. I always said that there's no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. You can quote me on that. There's no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. God is no respecter of persons. You're not his special kid over this kid over here. No. There's no shortcuts. We all have to do this the same way. You know what I mean? You can't get away with, with, you know, stuff and think that God's going to be happy about it. No, it doesn't work that way. You know, you just can't get away with, with, with things thinking that, you know, there's no shortcuts. There is just absolutely no shortcuts to the kingdom of God. You can't slip through and try to get away with stuff and think that God is still going to bless you because it's not happening. So you need to keep that in mind. Look at verse 10. It says, and while they went to buy the, their oil, you know, they're playing catch-up ball game here. They're trying to go buy oil. The bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Okay, so what other door do you know about that was shut in the Bible? Noah's Ark. Who shut the door on Noah's Ark? God shut the door on Noah's Ark. Let's look at. Let's just flip back and look at that. It's in Genesis seven thirteen. Let's flip back there and 
And look at this, about that door. You know, there comes a time when God doesn't put up with stuff any longer. I've got to find Genesis. It's only at the beginning of the Bible. I've got to find Genesis. <laughs> okay, let's see. Genesis 7. I have I have three new Bibles. If you've ever had a new Bible, you know how the pages don't like to turn and how the books all stick together. Okay. Genesis 7.16 says this. Wow. So those that entered into the ark, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The Lord shut them all in. He shut the door so that nobody else, all those people that Noah had been preaching to for 120 years, it was too late for them. They could not get into the ark because God Almighty shut the door. He won't won't put up with stuff forever. There comes a reckoning, you know. And I'm just glad that everybody in here has come to the point where you've received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, and you're in here tonight. Yeah, I'm preaching to the choir, aren't I? You you guys are the three times a week folks, most of you. Yeah, you guys are the you guys are the winners. So let me get back over here to oops, let me get back over here to Matthew 25. In verse 11, it says. Afterwards, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. In other words, open the door. You know, they're probably banging on him. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Do you want God to say that to you? I do not know you. That just, I don't ever want God to say that to me. Just the thought of him saying that to me just makes me petrified i don't want god to ever say that to me i do not know you well how could god not know somebody you have any idea how god could not know somebody maybe they're not spending time with him you know what i mean golly what if uh you had two people they met online. They got married next week. They never—they didn't know each other when they got married. They got married in a week. And they never bothered to spend time with one another to get to know one another. So, you know, a couple of years later, here come the divorce papers. Well, I never knew you. Well, they never, number one, took time out to know, you know. I mean, if you want to know somebody, you spend time with them, correct? You ask them questions. You, you know... You seek them out. You, you, you know, you do things like that. But if you don't bother to get the, to know the Lord, if you don't ever bother to sit down with Him in the quiet of in the quiet of your home or the quiet of your while you're sitting in the, your truck on your break or whatever, I don't know. Then how are you ever going to know Him? There's a whole lot to Him that we need to know, and we can all get better at it. I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, man. I. I need to get better at it. But so many so many times during the day we get so busy doing stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, when you when you wanted to to do that something first thing in the morning and you got interrupted, huh. I really respect Pastor Dave. He gets up at three or four o'clock in the morning and I just can't do that. <laughs> you know, that is terrible. That just sounds horrible to me. It's still dark out, you know. If I go to bed at 10, I get up at 6. 6 is good. 
because I can look out the window and think, ah, son's going to be around here any minute now. You know, I can do that. But I have so much respect for him because he gets up during that time. Why? Because he has four little kids in the house and a yippity-yappity dog that gets on your nerves when you go over there. Yippity-yippity-yippity. And I think, go away, yippity-yippity dog. <laughs> so he takes the time out and he sacrifices and he gets up early and he goes to bed. He said like he gets tired at 8 o'clock, he's ready to go to bed. But I have a lot of respect for that. And I think I need to be, I need to do better, you know. I need to do better. Anyway, I do not know you, it says. Verse 13 says this. Watch therefore, hmm, for you know, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. We don't know the time. You know, you hear about these people that predict, oh, Jesus is coming back, you know, da, 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 da. they're full of baloney. They haven't read their Bible. The Bible plainly says, nobody knows the day or the hour but the Father only when the Lord's coming back. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. And I need your feedback, and I have the mic. So I will come and ask you, you know, you tell me the answer so everybody can hear So, you tell me, what can we do to keep oil in our lamps? Somebody raise their hand and I'll bring this mic to you and you can share with everybody. Or else I'll pick you up out of the blue. What? Spend time with the Lord. Okay, Chuck, you're a busy busy man. You're a business owner. You have twins and another little baby girl and a wife and all that stuff. How do you spend time with the Lord? What does that mean? Driving on your way to work. Worshiping at work. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Answering business calls, praying in tongues. That's pretty cool. Okay, yeah. You know, you need to make advantage, take advantage of all these little time spots. You know, the bathroom's a great place for you to pick your Bible. I'm telling you, hey, you know, nobody's in there. It's just you, you and your Bible, you know. That works out really good. Or I was telling somebody the other day, I forget who it was, you know, you need to start playing, playing word tapes. Just play them all the time. Well, lately, Pastor's been putting on YouTube, you know, he's putting Brother Hagen on there, and, you know, he turns it up real loud, because I'm not one to sit, I don't sit well, but I listen really good. <laughs> so I can be, you know, doing stuff around the house, and he's got that thing blaring, and I can hear, it. man, that's good stuff. I mean, you know, you can do dishes without even thinking about it, you know what I'm saying? But if you got the word playing, you're getting fed at the same time. See what I'm saying? Okay, so what else can we do to make sure? Okay, here's Marcella over here. Here I come, Marcella. I wasn't going to run back there to Chuck. Spend time in the Word. Okay, why would, why would you want to spend time in the Word? Because you're supposed to be not just a hearer, but a doer. So, okay. Not only that, but Jesus is the Word. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so if you're spending time in the Word, you are spending time with Jesus. Amen? Amen. So, uh, does God change His mind day in and day out? Is God a wishy-washy dude? Why? Why? He says the same. Because He never changes. He changes not. So I always tell you, if He, if, if He, if He, if He ain't changing, folks, who's gotta change? We do. 
we got to take our great pride and our great thinking we are so wonderful and know it all and kick it to the curb because without him we are nothing. Amen. Anybody else have any ideas on on uh, Jessica? Fellowship. Other believers. Because the word says iron sharpens iron. So here we are sitting around the, the table drinking a cup of coffee maybe or back in the coffee bar. And you share, man, did you see what I saw in the word the other day? Man, wow, wow, wow. You know, iron sharpens iron. Okay, what else can we do? Michael. During the middle of the night when the Lord wakes you up, get up. Yeah, get up. Another cool thing to do is keep a, a paper and pencil by your nightstand. And, you know, if you wake up in the night and the Lord shows you something, write it down. You know what I mean? I've done that before. You write it down. Then I think, oh, that is cool. That's really cool. And then you remember it in the morning. Oh, yeah, I remember you told me that. What else can you do? Anybody else? You want, you want to make the rapture, okay? So what are you going to do? Somebody's pointing. A Nick. Mine is I work in a big mechanical shop, so I put my music on loud, my worship music on loud, and I'm singing out loud. So that's mine. That's yours. Yeah. <laughs> that's good too. That's good too. Yes, Ilea. Uh, practice being doers of the word, like in in the Bible it says in James, be doers of the word. And uh, but yeah, I fill up my lamp at work on the way to work, <laughs> early in the morning when the kids are asleep, when I can, and in the bathroom, like Chuck said, you know, bathroom's perfect place. So awesome. The tapes, like you said, like when you. When you're working around the house, cleaning the house, I listen to Joyce Myers and Tony Evans and all kinds of, and Pastor. <laughs> listen to everybody. Okay. Anybody else? Oh, boy, good Lord. What'd they do? Oh, somebody over here. John. To um, walk with God. In the, well, in the beginning, you know, when Adam, you know, walked in the in the garden, he pretty much conversated with God all the time, like he's there, and he got to you, you get to know God really good, like including him in everything you do throughout the day. That's great. Yeah, I mean he's right there. He's right there, you know. So like the like the word says, pray with not without without ceasing. Well, how do you pray without ceasing? Because he's right there all the time. You know that that is really cool. Anybody have anything else they want to share? As I about go over. Uh, Dave McNeil, come on up here, Dave. Sharing your testimony. True, 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 true. Uh, Donna. When I'm in the kitchen, I always keep my Bible in there, and I'll eat when I'm eating lunch and stuff. I'm eating the Word. Yeah, Make, making that time, you know, time stuff. Have you got your hand raised, Irma? Okay, come over here. Pastor, oh, by the way, whoever the powers to be that are that set up sets up the chairs, Pastor wants these rows wider, just FYI. Well, this morning when I was getting ready for work, I have to wake up at 5 in the morning sometimes. And uh, I was listening to the Christian station. And uh, all of a sudden, he told me, you need to fast. I'm like, what? Me? Fast? I take medication. I can't fast. And he told me, I'm going to take care of you. You fast for two hours for me. And I did. I did. He told me, don't eat one thing. And I didn't for two hours. I'm like, I could do it. So I'm going to try to do it 
at a longer time. Yeah, obedience. That's a good one. How about obeying every? No, not every once in a while. How about obeying all the time? Amen. Okay, well, y'all did good. Y'all got an A tonight. Give yourself a hand. So I hope that helped you out. And let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.